Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Over the top cycling Boulder, Colorado, we are at Pro Peloton. And uh, some very special guests today with us. Ben Day, Keo Reinen, wait a minute, Vinny Paz, is that your name? Right. Tom Rapa. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tanner Paz. Uh, thank you guys very much for being here. Big race coming up, U.S. Pro Challenge. Yeah, <clears throat> backyard. You were just in the neighbor's backyard, though, a tour of Utah. Have you recovered? How are you feeling? No, we were limping up the steps on the way here. But Tanner moved moved houses last <laughs> night, so he's doing all right. Yeah, it was it was a tough race, but uh, yeah, I think we'll be all right in the week. What do you think, Coach? I'm tired. I was tired just watching it last week, so I don't know what they're doing. So. <laughs> now Ben Day was on uh, United Healthcare last year. He retired after the U.S. Pro Challenge. Uh, Keel Ryan's coach now. You got day by day coaching. How's everything going? Good, I hope. Last week went well. Yeah, Utah yeah. was a, a great race for Keel, taking the yellow jersey in the stage win on the first day and then being a contender through the rest of the week. It was a really impressive race and a good preparation for, for Colorado next week as well. It's a big time of year for Keel. He's very, very good at altitude and very motivated for the hometown racing. And it would be important to, to see him have an excellent race next week too. And I know for was Utah was kind of like the first time we had a chance to do it. A lot of preparation too. You know, it's been race recover all year till till a month, you know, a month ago. Uh, that like having the opportunity to do that and to train specifically makes a big difference. When we spoke right before the U.S. Pro Championships, and you've podiumed so many times, crashed this year, uh, flat, flat. Yeah. But you still managed to make the podium. Yeah, just barely. <laughs> Tanner, what was it like at Utah for you? Uh, it was a great race. The, the team kind of had a rocky spring, but we all like really came together uh, for Utah. Uh, we'd all been training together. Um, so, yeah, the team came together uh, really well for the race, and Utah's actually my home, so it was a hometown race for me. Uh, so it was really good to go back there and race. So backyards for both of Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, Tanner's folks were <coughs> at the race's dad. Helps helps out with the race, so he was there. Oh, really? Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I have a little brother in Axel's team, uh, the Action Cycling Action. So he was there racing as well. Now, did you work with Axel when you were no. younger? No, no, not at all. No, that was uh, they kind of that team sort of started up around the time I was heading out of the U23 ranks. So yeah, 
too old for it, but Tanner's one of the many alumni off the team. Um, they've got an impressive track record. I mean, I, I think you see more and more of those, those types of development teams these days, and it's huge. Uh, it's a huge asset for young and up-and-coming kids. I wish there had been more of those teams when I was younger because um, they, they do a great job. They prepare those guys really well. You know, Tanner made a seamless transition onto to UHC, and uh, that, I think a lot of that comes from the development he had there. I was talking to Ian Boswell earlier today, and he was talking about action and just how much Bontrager uh, had helped develop him for the pros. Would you agree? <laughs> I was just pushing. Wasn't sure if there's a question. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a great program, uh, especially you know riders that start young with it that are like 19 years old. Um, it's it's a really good program. They have us racing in the states, like in the races like California and Utah, but. We're also over in Europe at a young age racing and getting used to racing over there. So it's a really good development program. So, Keel, we spoke last year before U.S. Pro, and your goal was to win a stage and to win the sprint jersey, and you did it. How yeah. about this year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely similar goals this year. You know, we've gone up and done our homework. We did a lot of recon. Uh, like Tanner said, the team is working together really, really well in Utah. I think anyone who wants to race saw a lot of UHC all over the front. Um, so I think we can go in really confident after Utah with our preparation. Um, we definitely have one of the stronger teams there, so I think we, we again in Colorado can, um, can expect to have similar results. And there's, you know, Utah, we also lucked out. There were quite a few stages that suited our strengths as a team. Um, Colorado, there's, again, uh, three, maybe four stages that are really perfect for us uh, as a team. So. We're, we're going to be ambitious, absolutely. You know, the jerseys are tough. You kind of have to play as it comes. Um, but it's, I think it's good to go in with a plan and, um, you know, a, a set goal for the race. Tanner, what was it about United Healthcare that made you want to be on the team? Uh, it's just, it's always been kind of a team I've looked at um, and kind of looked up to the riders on the team. And uh, it's a team that it races in Europe and half of the year, but you also get to live in the States. So you get to do some of the biggest races in the world, like Perrier Bay, Criterium International, but you also get to come back to the States, have a house in the States, uh, live in the States and race in, in your hometown, like Utah or Colorado. So I, I really like that part of it. Ben, you were preparing for the race as a racer last year. What's it like for you to be working with Keel as he's getting ready for the race? I'm going a whole lot slower, that's for sure. That's for sure. No, it's still like, it's, uh, I'm lucky in that I can still live vicariously through what, like, what things that Keel's going through, like into these races, um, as we have an ambulance spring by here. It, for me, like, it's just as emotional to, to watch him go through that and see his successes out there. There's always good moments, bad moments, stuff like that, and, and I, you know, I really feel all that. So it's, it, it's awesome for me. It's a really, like, gratifying to be a part of that process. I'll be on the roadside and actually getting to see the race from a different angle. Um, I mentioned last night when we were talking that uh, I was able to spend a bit of time last week with some of the people who were organising uh, a particular stage, the uh, Loveland to Fort Collins stage, and to see what those people are putting behind the organisation of the event just out in that area. Uh, it was awesome to see, like the riders come along, it's one of the best races that they do all year throughout the world, and, and that's, that's not just saying that because we're sitting here in Colorado today. It really is an amazing event, very well supported. And 
you know, to see the people, what they're doing in the background to set all that stuff up, this is the reason why. So it's been cool to see the other side of the fence as well. So Keel, really the same question of both of you, Tanner, as well. Um, you have been racing all around the world. What is your favorite event? Uh, it depends on the year, how you do, all, all that kind of, all, every, everything contributes to it. You know, the, the It's energy, not specifically a course that you look forward to? Oh, there are definitely a handful of them. You know, Milan-San Remo is a race that I've, I've done a couple of times and really enjoyed. Um, Colorado, it's a hometown race. You know, we're always performing here. The guys are always riding really well here, so that's motivating. Plus, you're doing it in front of, you know, friends and family. Um, Utah's another awesome one. California's another awesome one. Criterium International this year was, was a really cool race um, on Corsica Island. Just a unique area um, and, and pretty radical to see it by bike. That's you know, a unique opportunity. Um, <clears throat> and then I've done a handful of races in really kind of far out there places like Thailand and Rwanda that I haven't done a second time. So I, I wouldn't say I look forward to them again, but I've really enjoyed the experience. Um, it's just it's just different than anywhere else, uh, but the, the pro challenge is definitely up there amongst the top top races that I have ever done. Tanner, um, yeah, I would definitely say the pro challenge in uh, Utah. Um, both of them are kind of feel like home races to me. I live in Colorado now and grew up in Utah. Um, they're altitude races, so we kind of get a little bit of an advantage living at altitude all year round. So. Those are definitely some of my favorite races, um, as well as I really, really like racing in Belgium uh, and the one days and the cobble races over there. Are you there. serious? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> he does. He Has he been it. drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I like the cold weather. I like the the yeah the cobblestones and the hard races. I'm sweating right now. Drink it's a little bit too <laughs> hot here. <laughs> um, but yeah, if it's a if it's a cold race um, and yeah, just a long hard day, then uh, that's that's the kind of racing I like. It looked like he had a really great start to the season with the team this year over in, over in Europe and those hard man classics too, huh? Yeah, uh, I mean, it started out great. I was not really expecting that, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed doing those races. That's awesome. Special breed. <laughs> <laughs> Need to read their minds, figure out what's going on. <laughs> not much is going on. <laughs> the less the better. Yeah. <laughs> Now, with United Healthcare, when do they select the team for Tour of Utah and U.S. Pro Challenge? Do people that go to Tour of Utah have a guaranteed trip to U.S. Pro Challenge, or no? Does the this team this year, up? it happens to be the same squad doing both. But last year, it wasn't. Um, I think we made a couple of couple of swaps. Um, it just depends on a lot of a lot of factors. Depends on how the legs are. Depends on. Uh, what other races are going on? You know, we're running a double schedule, so there are guys right now in Norway, I think. The yeah, Norway race. right now. So and then the Ride London, I believe. Yeah, Ride London. Um, so depending on what guys they need for that, that can kind of change who's here. These are races that you need a lot of prep because you need to come to altitude beforehand. So um, they try to give us more notice than some of the other races for the year. But uh, I'd say we knew probably a month, month or so beforehand. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you know that far in advance. Yeah. Do you put in or, a selection of races that you want to do and then hope that they pick you for those? Or how does that work, Tanner? Uh, this is my first year on the team, so wherever they sent me, I'll go. <laughs> Keel? Uh, yeah, you know, we'll sit down at the start of the year and kind of plan out a uh, schedule, but 
in a way that's sort of um, wishful thinking because nothing ever goes according to plan in this sport. And I can't think of a single season where I've done every race that I planned on doing. This has been sort of a rare season in that regard where I think I've done all but one or two races that were, were originally on the schedule. Um, but again, sometimes you need to fill in a spot where, you know, if a guy's sick or injured, they just don't have the, the body. So uh, you don't always get your first choice. Uh, but then it's bike racing. Sometimes your best race ends up being one you weren't planning on going to anyway. So Tanner, what are you noticing as far as the differences between racing with United Healthcare as opposed to being under 23? Uh, it's very different. Uh, coming to the United Healthcare, um, being one of the youngest guys on the team, um, it, it's a lot different because, uh, yeah, all these guys have been racing for yeah, 15, 20 years in the professional ranks, and so they're all really... <laughs> well, look at Yanni. We were going to bring that up with Ben here in just a minute, actually. Hey, I was told on social media last night I look young, as young as I did six years ago. There you do. <laughs> the camera's not working real well. You've aged really well. I can't believe you're 28. Bullshit. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, it's just, uh, I've learned a lot from racing with these guys. I mean, I learned a lot racing with the U23s, but um, with that, you're racing with, you know, the eight guys, and they're all in the same position as you. They're all young, new to the sport, new to these races, and you're just being told stuff by the director um, from the car in the race meeting before the race. Um, and so you're, you're kind of out there on your own um, in the races, but coming to United Healthcare. Um, there's been a couple teammates like, uh, yeah, John Murphy, uh, Robert Forster, Keel Reinen, um that like in the races um, have really helped me out. Like, all right, at this turn you got to be here, this section you got to be here, and yeah, earlier in the spring it really paid off for me. So, um, yeah, coming to United Healthcare and racing with some of these older guys has made a big difference for me. You were with the team Type Two, I believe, when I first met you, correct? Yeah, Team Type One. Type One. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Almost a team. I think they you, have you were Type Four. <laughs> um, what have you noticed as far as being with United Healthcare as opposed to the experience you had before you came to the team? Yeah, both both are American registered teams, but at the time, Team Type One was kind of more an Italian Russian mix. Um, well, I mean, it was a very international team, but. Uh, the core of this team is definitely American, so I think that was the biggest difference. You know, I was doing a very similar race schedule. Um, oh, you were? Yeah, yeah. So there weren't a, a lot of differences that way, but uh, the the mentality, the the habits, you know, even even going down to like what time you eat dinner, um, those types of things changed a lot because this is definitely at its core this is an American program, and we race all over the world, but um, we we definitely keep those roots. Now, Ben, 30 years ago, you were in the same place as these guys. How old do you think I am? <laughs> Not long ago, you were. <laughs> um, but what's it like for you? Do you notice a difference in development of racers as they're coming up now? Uh, I think it's completely different. Like, when I was coming through, you know, 15 years ago, it wasn't until you were in your late 20s that you start to see people really shine. Whereas now we see a lot of talent guys who are, like, 22, 23 years old like being some of the world's best cyclists. So I think development in that regard has changed a lot. I think that comes down to a lot of like, we're identifying talented riders at a younger age. So like instead of them going off and playing football or something, we're like, well, you're too bloody skinny, you should be riding a bike instead. 
and we, we get to bring these talent onto, onto big teams and, and we then have some of the best cyclists potentially coming into the sport so we're not missing out on that. So I think that's brought up the level a lot. Also just the science behind training, the knowledge behind that, the ability to measure so much now with, with power meters and, and all these different measurements that we can, we can take. Uh, I think you know the quality of the athlete coming through now is a lot higher, but you're also seeing that the, the, the level of competition is so much greater than it used to be. Like you go to a race in Europe and you'll see these guys hitting a corner in, in Paris Roubaix, and there'll be 200 guys all going bloody bloody well as well, all trying to hit that same corner too. And I think this is why we're starting to see a bit of a prevalence of more crashing in these races because it's not strung out like it used to be. It's really many men out there. And it's like you hesitate, you break. If you don't, if you don't go for that that corner first, for example, then you're out of it. You know, you no longer have that chance. So I think it's becoming a lot tougher. But the people coming through are a lot more. The, the talents there, they're a lot more, a lot better prepared. And uh, I think we're seeing that in the performance in the races, like how dynamic a lot of these races are. And we saw in Utah last week there was some some great winners, some very talented, old, experienced riders, but also some. Some younger guys coming through and really showing some some strong legs. I remember racing in the '80s. You know, go out and it would be a big field when there were 40 guys in your class. Yeah. And now, I mean, I that's probably a no-show for you guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any of the races we do during the year have that few guys. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, even at the local level, I can't believe the size of the fields that are out there. Yeah, well, you're in the right place for it too. Yeah. Well, Oregon bike racing, Oberhof, yeah. where you yeah. kind of grew up in that. Yeah. You know, there's races 365 days a year on the calendar now. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So, is that good or is that bad? Does it uh, allow you to take a break? Um, As in the number of races that are available? Yeah. Well, they're very restricted in the races that they can do. Like, you know. Yeah, we're yeah we're not allowed to do like the the local crit. But at the same time, the, the professional schedule has grown too. You know, right. It started to eat into January, February, um, and going as far as October, November. So that that does sort of change. You know, I think it didn't used to be that guys were taking such a significant mid-season break. And that's now something that kind of happens across the board. Is, is guys will take a really solid chunk of time off in the middle of the season to ramp up for the second half. <clears throat> um, and then the travel too, you know, it's becoming more international sports. So you're flying to Australia first and then over to Europe and then to South America and then to Asia and then back to Europe. And that, that takes a toll too. You have to kind of keep in mind how many days uh, of travel you have as well as, as racing. Now I want to go back to the tour of Utah because we. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Tweeted out and I Facebooked for questions about our, our talk and uh, everything coming in was about the crash on Saturday. And I was like, come on, let's talk. <laughs> but what's it like for you when there is a crash like that in the Peloton? Is that... Does it make you nervous? Does it give you any kind of hesitation to see something like that? Both of you. We actually didn't know what happened. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a guy from a different team had to roll up to us and let us know that it had happened because we were on the front of the field riding and all, all our guys were there because we were in yellow. and um, the, So we didn't have anyone who was, who was at the back to be involved in that, tr- in that particular crash. Uh, so in that, in that case, you know, we acknowledged there had been a crash. We, you know, decided that we were going to kind of just hold the pace steady. That way, guys would have the ability to catch back on. You know, you don't want to take advantage of the situation, uh, certainly. But at the same time, you know, there's a break up the road, and and we have the yellow jersey. And um, if we wait, you know, pull over and stop and wait for everybody to catch back up and assess the damage, then we're never going to catch that break, and we're going to lose the yellow jersey. So you do have to make kind of a quick calculation on the road of, of what it's worth and. Um, you don't, you don't ever want to um, purposely take advantage of the situation, but you also need to stay focused on the race. Um, everybody's crashed, you know, nobody on the team is, has gotten away without crashing their entire career. So um, you, you know the situation those guys are in, it's not fun. Um, and certainly seeing a crash can make you nervous or, or a little bit wary of corners for the, the rest of the day or the afternoon. But, like Ben said, if you don't get over it quick, you're not going to be in the finish of the race. So, um, for the most part, you just ignore it. What are your personal goals for U.S. Pro Challenge, Tanner? Uh, personal goals for me, um, really, my position on the team is just working for the guys. So, um, if I can get the guys do whatever I can to help them win stages and win jerseys, then um, I'm happy with that. So, that's my, that's my plan for the week. Keel, I know we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think Tanner's being modest there. He's, you know, an integral part of the, the lead-out train, and um, the team definitely would have been able to do what they did this week without him and some of the other guys. So <clears throat> there's there's a lot of uh, circumstance that kind of happens out of your control at the bike race, and that's why we need eight strong guys, because if Tanner's in the right position, he might be our go-to guy. Um, just depends on, on how the race plays out. but. If everything goes according to our plans, I think yeah, we're definitely looking at uh, eyeing a couple of specific stages, um, particularly the steamboat circuit race, um, finishing Aspen. So those are those are days when you know we'll go in with a concrete plan, and um, I think if we if we have the legs we did at Utah, we should be able to pull off a, another win, and and of course we'll have our eye on the spring jersey. So with the top cycling, we're in Boulder, Colorado at Pro Peloton with Benjamin Day, Keel Ryan, Tanner Putt, uh, U.S. Pro Challenge coming up. So that's the focus of our conversation. Ben, I, I've always had a little curiosity about someone who's new to a team <laughs> and is there primarily to work. Is there any kind of going on inside where they're like, you know, if I really push it here... I want to extend what I'm doing. I don't want to be working for the team. I want to show them what I've got. I, I think 
going back to what the guys were just talking about, it's such a dynamic sport and you know, we've mentioned this in some previous interviews that we've done. There's one winner, but really if the team doesn't execute together, that one winner, you know, it's going to be very difficult for them to come across the line first. So it's such a beautiful sport and the fact that you really need to have everybody working together for that common goal. You know, that one person gets across the line, but like, have no doubt that there wasn't wasn't just that one person, there were seven other people who were involved with that win. Uh, and everyone is very cognizant of that. Yeah, and not even to talk about the staff involved as well. Like, if these guys aren't ready to go each day, if their bike, you know, falls to pieces halfway through the stage, that's not going to give them great opportunities either. So, it really is a very strong collective effort. And, you know, it's not taken for granted. Like, I'm sure Kia will tell you, like, everything that Tanner would do out there in the race and, and the other guys, it's like, it's imperative. It really is imperative for, for the success of the team. It's, it's such an important thing. So, I... So when you talk about that, you know, like do people sometimes get a little bit carried away with their own egos or whatever? I've, I've rarely seen it. Um, I think especially in uh, the demographic that we live in, I think, uh, you know, I'm an Aussie, um, I live in America. I've always found this Western world that, that I've always been involved with for a long time. Everyone is really on the same page. And that's, for me, it was one of the reasons why I really love to race, you know, just that that feeling of working together for that collective goal was such a huge part of it. And once you get that, you will never screw that up. You know, you're never gonna get carried away and go after your own glory because they'll get rid of you in a second if you do that. Yeah, actually Ben's last bike race as a professional, he <clears throat> did exactly, he sold out for me uh, in the final stage of the Pro Challenge last year. And you know, that was his, that was his, literally his last bike race and um, you know, to go for, for glory, go for broke would be awesome to do, you know, in your final final race. But that stage happened to suit me really well and we knew we could have a shot at it as a team and so he sacrificed his chances so that, that I'd have a chance and we ended up second by a by a whisker, but um, I think it says a lot that in his, you know, final bike race he was still willing to, you know, commit that effort to, to another teammate. And and I think it, you know, it all comes around. There's gonna be a day down the road where it's my turn to sell for Tanner and because he did such an awesome job for me at Utah and other races, I'm going to be You're more happy than happy to do, to do it for him. So I think you've got a really difficult job. How long does it take you to get chemistry, especially with a new team, uh, so that you can actually do the job that you're asked to do and do it well? One night of drinking in January. <laughs> there we go. Very true. Um, I, don't know, I felt like the transition and just fitting in with the guys on United Healthcare it was pretty quick. I mean, after a couple of races, I, you know, really felt part of the team. And um, I mean, it's really clear before the, every race what my job is for the race and what I'm supposed to do. So, um, yeah, it's it, it was pretty quick. Um, just getting mixed into the team and finding my my position. Running out of questions. No, I actually have a ton of questions. I'm just like, that one doesn't really segue with it. <laughs> just take a right hand turn, you'll be right. Yeah. So what's coming up after US Pro Challenge? I mean, you've got two stage races a week apart. I don't know how you recover to go into your next event. Tanner goes into hibernation. I do house projects. <laughs> okay. So you do take a break. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, For we just two did weeks. an hour our easy yeah. day spin we'll probably do the same tomorrow but if you shut down too much um and i'm sure ben can tell you the physiological reasons i don't know but if you 
if you shut down too much, if you go too easy, your body kind of goes into just recovery mode and it's hard to get back out of that in time for the next race. So since we've only got a week between, rest is, is really important, but you also need to keep the body moving so that, that you're ready by the time the, the week's done. How do you monitor that, Ben? Uh, a lot of a lot of it's experience and intuition, like you know, using feedback from previous races that we've been working with. Some of those races might be a little bit more experimental on what we're trying to do because there's less at stake than what there really is next week. Because next week is a, a huge part of the calendar. Uh, but yeah, just making sure that they have a certain amount of time off. And you know, I've worked with. Uh, a formula for a while in regards to that and it's always worked out pretty well. Everybody is a little bit nuanced differently um, but we will, you know, the next few days will be pretty easy for Kiel and then uh, Thursday we're going to head out and do some motor pacing yeah. if you didn't see that already. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. It's that same miserable <laughs> one you made me do a week before, call, or before Utah. That's right, that's right. So just enough, like, it's, <coughs> it's amazing how often you'll see an athlete, like, push hard all year. Just push hard, push, 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 and maybe they're going really, really, really well. And then all, all of a sudden, they'll take their break, like mid-season or mid-season break or end-of-year break, and they're like, "Woohoo! I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm going to go sit on the beach and stuff." And then that that cold finally hits them. Yeah, it's amazing how the body works. And this is partly the power of the mind. You know, the, the mind is like trying to keep all this stress in the body at bay, and it'll keep your body where it needs to be until you get make this mental shift of like shit yeah I'm on a holiday and then all of a sudden it hits you like a brick wall so you know the guys going into their first week of vacation like it's never it's never a week where they're like doing cartwheels down the road because they feel so energetic it's always like a time of like very like a lot of lethargy and, and you know the whole season catching up on you it's a big load you know at the moment the guys are they've had a period through the middle of the year where they've been at us stop and regroup and, and really prepare for these couple of races but their racing calendar for the first four or five months of the year is like hectic, crazy hectic. Like the amount of travel, the different continents, stage race after stage race, the stress of those races all compounding on top of each other. There's no room for training. At that point, it's just, you know, trying to find that balance between uh, the racing, having great performances at the races, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Uh, but balancing that with the right amount of recovery, and that recovery is never just nothing. It's always this element of like a lot of rest, making sure you're mentally and physically fresh, but also not shutting down. So it's a little bit of a fine line. Uh, but you know, this second half of the season, it's a little bit different in that the guys can actually reestablish their base foundation for, for these last few races of the year and, and put everything into it. So no doubt next week will be you know guys throwing absolutely everything that they can into this race because could be their last race of the season. Maybe they have one or two races left after that, but. Uh, it's just this is a, a race that's conducive to the guys going really, really deep. Is there any desire to do worlds? I'm sure there is. And how does the selection go for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went last year um, in Ponferrada. This year's in the U.S. Because it's in the U.S., I, along with every other U.S. cyclist, would like to go. Um, so it's it's definitely going to be competitive this year, particularly. That being said. Uh, Utah, Colorado are great preparation for that. Um, then, you know, we had there's a handful of Americans who are doing the Vuelta, um, which is another way to prepare. Uh, a lot of guys will go to Alberta, uh, Tour of Britain. So, it it really depends. I think you know, obviously showing legs, the that you have legs at Utah and Colorado is, is the first step. You know, if you don't show that, then 
you're, you're not going to really have a great shot at making a selection. After that, it, it depends on who the course suits. Uh, so this year is a little bit more of a kind of punchy, selective course rather than a climbing heavy course that Conferrata was. Um, and then, and I guess more classic style is, is Richmond, uh, would be how I describe it. There's a short cobble hill, uh, there's some, a lot of Someone who likes cobbles as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, like I said, every American's going to be gunning for it, so they'll, they'll have um, a tough decision on their hands, but you know, they need to pay attention too to the dynamic of the team. I think we, at this point, we only have six, six spots for Worlds, so uh, those six guys better get along well and, and you know, know how to play off each other because you're riding for the U.S., not your trade team, and even though Tanner and I are teammates, you know, Nate Brown and uh, everyone I'm thinking of now is teammates with him, you know, and Tanner are <laughs> teammates. Uh, so they, you know, a lot of us have past history with each other and we've raced together for a lot of years, but that sometimes it's hard to learn, you know, overnight essentially what someone's strengths and weaknesses are and, and how to read that in a race. So, like I said earlier, my head is just swimming with questions, but we're like pushing way over half an hour now, so <laughs> we need to wrap this up. And to do so, I mean, you all have United Healthcare backgrounds. You retired first year. Uh, how many years with United Healthcare now? Three, four? Yeah, third. third. Yeah. Um, the team's doing really well. It's awesome to see an American sponsor be so loyal to cycling. I mean, what is it that you do that really gives to your sponsor and makes United Healthcare want to stay with cycling? I think UHC um, has, I mean, obviously they've done an amazing job with this team, but uh, the team itself, uh, Momentum Sports, the, the managing company of, of the team, is, is one of the few kind of managing companies that really focuses on figuring out how to measure that value that we are giving to the sponsor. So they, they go to UHC with a report uh, and say this is how many people you know we were able to influence or this is how many people saw our riders this is how many people watched the coverage and and give kind of quantitative data to UHC and said this this equates to you know so many dollars of marketing money and that's something that's really unique in this sport a lot of times um, I think you see sort of unsustainable models with, with various teams where the sponsor is excited about cycling initially, they do a couple of years, maybe three years, and then the return starts to diminish or plateau. And because those teams can't provide evidence of, of um, the value, the sponsor starts to lose interest. And so it makes for a really volatile environment when it comes to teams you know, appearing and disappearing and starting and stopping. And um, UHC and, and Momentum Sports have done a really great job of, of setting up sort of a sustainable model where they can show the actual value. Yeah, like seriously, the team, I take my hat off to the management, they always did an excellent job. Like these guys are racing 60 to 80 days a year, but they're also called upon to do, you know, maybe four or five VIP events traveling throughout the world, throughout the country, uh, to go out and spend some time with the sponsors and, and help assist them with spreading the word, you know, the gospel of cycling or, or whatever it may be. Uh, so, you know, hats off to the sustainability that, that the team has been able, able to create, you know. No longer a part of that, but just you know, I, I take my hat off to, to the legacy that they've left in the sport, and it gives a great platform for these guys to be able to go out there and chase their dreams. And I think it's it's unique. You know, it's it's not something that a lot of teams are, are doing. 
um, investing that you know it's a lot of time and energy to to actually quantify that the value but uh, they, they put a lot of effort into it you know it's funny I, I hate to go off on a tangent but I remember the Saturn team and I knew quite a few riders on there and it was amazing to me how many of them did not want to go to the Saturn dealerships and mix with the public and I'm like but you got such a cool <laughs> Suck it up. Whereas it sounds like you guys really enjoy and appreciate the management uh, of UHC. Yeah, I mean the, those events you mentioned. You know, I think we've all we've all made great friends and acquaintances at those events, and a lot of us can get behind what those events stand for. And Team Red, White, and Blue is, is one of those events. Uh, did a four-day ride um, in Tennessee. It starts in uh, Alabama. Through, I can't remember all the states, Mississippi. We start in Mississippi, Alabama, uh, another place down there, and then into Nashville. So it's 444 miles along the Natchez Trace that we do to raise money for uh, wounded veterans every year. So uh, be on again next year. Go to Natchez Trace, check it out.com. When is that? Uh, we actually had a meeting on that just the last couple of days. It's not confirmed yet. I believe it's going to be the 24th to the 27th of May. It's an amazing cause. You know, it's one of like, my favorite rides in America. Oh, is that right? I love you the Natchez Trace. You do it on one Trace. day, though, not you. October 2nd, we're doing it nonstop. Oh. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't want to go there. That's crazy. <laughs> Four days is long and hard enough, for sure. So, best of luck to you all at the U.S. Pro Challenge. I look forward to talking with you after the race, uh, possibly during the race, if we can connect at all. Absolutely. I'd yeah, really like you. to do that. I'll be drunk in the campground. <laughs> then you're really going to be fun to talk with. Awesome. <laughs> Over the Top Cycling in Pro Peloton Cycling Shop in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.